On this week's episode of the podcast, you've got a recording from an interview that I did on the Rene Mass podcast. We had quite a wide-ranging conversation around marketing, branding for real estate investors and in the real estate space. And then we also talked a little bit about outsourcing and the use of virtual assistants, which many real estate investors think about, but perhaps don't take the steps to make that happen and the differences that can make. So I think you'll find this conversation interesting and useful and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Personally Brandtastic podcast, where we help you build your personal brand and business so that people can find you easily, want to work with you, and can't wait to refer you. My name is Paul Kopkin, and every day I work with real estate investors, professionals, and business owners who want to stand out from the crowd and attract more of the right opportunities without feeling inauthentic or spending all day doing it. It's all about communicating how personally brandtastic you are, because marketing is how to get their attention, but personal branding is why they choose you. Now, back to the show. Hello, Paul. How are you? Good. Thank you, Brennan. How are you? Yes. Doing very well. And I'm glad you took the time to, to actually speak with us and tell us about yourself. Because I think we first met, we met in Burlington, wasn't it? At a real estate investment Yeah, time? it was. Yeah, it was the, the right club. And if I remember right, you were presenting there. On I was. It was. It student, wasn't quite a student rentals. Or That's right. At right, the time, right. I was big into student rentals. Yes, yes. Right. It was a lot of fun. There was a good crowd. I think there was at least 200 people in the room. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We we built that up. So just before COVID, we had over 300 in the room. Wow. And and then, of course, COVID hit. So And then we had to go. We had to go online, so uh, as everybody knows. So. All right, so Paul, so, so tell us how you got started and how do you help people? What do you like doing? Yeah, sure. So uh, so what I do is I run a brand and, and marketing agency, and I've been self-employed now 20 plus years, I think, if I remember rightly. It was kind of a, a you know, it was, I was in corporate. I was standing in an office tower watching 9-11. Oh, okay. And I had... A young, my first kid at home, like less than a year old. And it, it just kind of dawned on me, you know, what happened, what would happen if, you know, if I was in that office tower or something. Oh, okay. And that kind of started to trigger my head. Yeah, maybe I'd like to kind of figure out doing it for myself, maybe working from home. Avoid See, office towers. Avoid office towers, <laughs> right. So yeah, that's what I did kind of a couple, probably 18 months later. Uh, I just went out on my own. At the time, I was in recruitment. So I was hiring, you know, for pharmaceutical, biotech, medical device companies. Cool. So, sales and marketing people. My background's all kind of sales and marketing. So th this is Toronto? You were in Toronto at the time, I'm assuming? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just West Toronto. Tobago. And, yeah. and I love the accent, Paul. Like, well, where does that come from? I got okay. to know. We got to know. Okay. So I came to Canada in 96. I actually transferred. I was working for a biotech company in the UK. And they had a Canadian and, and U.S. operation, and my knowledge was greater than everybody else in North America. So I managed to get in under NAFTA. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have qualified okay. uh, to get into Canada. So I, I came across, I'd, I'd met a Canadian, came back here, got married, had kids. Right. Um, so, so and, would, but the accent's from England? Like, whereabouts? Yeah, just out, yeah, just outside London. I was born about 30 miles northwest of London, always lived in and around London. So I've kind of kept the accent as much as possible. Well, it's great. I mean, you sound smarter. <laughs> but we, yeah, we always sound smarter <laughs> and funnier. <laughs> okay. 
Sounds good. So, so you decided to go on your own back in 20, 2001. And how did you go about it? Yeah. So I, I was fortunate enough. I had one client who said, if you're going to leave, I'll, I'll come with you. And that kind of kicked me off my first kind of few hires, but it was very kind of hand to mouth type of existence. And, you know, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest, Renee, you know, self-employed for the first, I'm going to say even probably 12 years of running my own business was hand to mouth, up and down, roller coaster, classic entrepreneur. When you're busy, you haven't got yeah. time to look for business. And when you're quiet, you don't have any business. And not probably not the greatest thing to do when you've got a young family. Yes, <laughs> Everything yes. else, I probably should have stuck with corporate, but, but I always enjoyed it and, and still do. So I, I, yeah, it wasn't until I discovered a couple of resources that really got me thinking differently about which we, we can talk about, which. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so what, what, when you work with clients, how is it, mm -hmm. what kind of clients do you tend to work with? Yeah. So when I, I transferred from or transitioned from recruitment and I'd read about this whole thing called personal branding, and this is back very early on, Tom Peters came out with a book on it and an article. And I started to coach candidates as to how they could stand out in interviews using this personal brand idea. And a candidate turned around and said, could, could I pay you to help me do more of this? And well, I, I guess so. And so that kind of kicked off. And then I put in to speak at a big HR conference in Toronto. They accepted it because they'd never heard the topic. And completely out of the blue, the Globe and Mail sent a journalist along and did a, I ended up with a full page in the Saturday Globe. Wow. Picture and headline and everything. And so things kind of took off a little bit from there. And I started doing a lot of corporate work, workshops, helping employees brand themselves internally mm. so that they could get noticed. So companies were using it as an employee engagement type of tool. But, you know, kind of fast forward about five, six years ago, somebody who, you know, probably very well, Sarah Larby mm -hmm. was actually in corporate and she was on LinkedIn and she was already doing her real estate business on the side, uh, which many, many do. I know you've had several guests on that have got kind of come that route. Yes. And, and oh. many do. And people had started to ask Sarah, you know, could you teach me how to do this? So she was thinking about coaching people, but she didn't know where to start. She found my profile on LinkedIn, reached out and said, I think you might be able to help me. And I said, yeah, I think I can. And that's how I got into real estate and real estate investors. I would, and I'll be perfectly honest, I probably would have never looked at it as a, a marketplace or a, or a target audience. So, so now it's like the vast majority of your clients you're working with are all real estate investors. Yes. Yeah. It's probably 97, 98% of real estate investors or related professionals. Yeah. And how is it you help them to, to brand? Yeah. So, yeah. So there's, so I follow a kind of three-step system and I've kind of taken the letters of REI. And so it's reveal, engage, and then impact or influence. Well put. Um, I like that. So the, you know, the reveal is understanding who you are from a, you know, vision, mission, values kind of perspective, who the target audience is, who your competitors might be. Then once you've got that clear is, you know, it's the engagement, it's the explanation. So that's messaging looking at social media, looking at websites, newsletters, whatever else. And then the influence impact is kind of inputting that out into the marketplace, communicating, connecting social media, thought leadership, philanthropy, if you're going that far. So it's, so I help people really kind of get clear about what it is that's unique about them. 
And then how do they best communicate that to stand out from other people that are in the market saying they do the same thing? Because, mm. you know, you can, if you look at any real estate investor, you know, they probably all come up with some adjectives or attributes that they would They're say. They're all the same. They blend right in and it's all the same. Right. And, and you would all say the same. But if you're the fun real estate investor or, you know, the quirky real estate yeah. investor, then that starts to have a bit more of an emotional connection. And that will attract and, and detract from people that are either attracted to that and they want to work with you, or they're, they're not interested in that and they're kind of put off. But that's the whole idea is mm-hmm. you know, being more of who you are, your personal brand, and then communicating that. How long does that take? Like when you work with people, how long does that take? Uh, um, typically a process. Yeah, typically a process might take 90 days, 180 days, wow. depending on. So, I mean, if, if somebody's busy and they've got, you know, if this is a side hustle and they don't have a lot of time, then it might oh, take yeah. a little bit longer. But typically, you know, to package somebody, usually 90 to 180 days. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, things develop and then you tweak it and then you're kind of maybe changing or you're changing direction like Sarah has. You know, she's gone really from, you know, the birth strategy to doing kind of development and, and you know, she now has it a resort. So awesome. she has a little bit different branding than what she was doing five years ago as an example. Neat. Okay. And, and uh, is it mostly people from Ontario or all over the nation or? Yeah, predominantly Ontario. As you know yourself, the majority of real estate investors are in Ontario. So, you know, I do work for the real, you know, for the right club where yeah. where we we met. So I help them uh, with their marketing. So that tends to also expose me to people that are in, within Ontario. But I have worked with people out out west, out east, occasional person in the U.S. And uh, how predominantly. how has it uh, working with real estate investors? How has that changed your perspective on? investing or, or entrepreneurship, what's your take on that? Yeah, I, th- I think the reason that real estate investors kind of have been a good group for me to work with is a couple of things uh, that kind of sit with who I am in, in terms of values and, and what I kind of believe in is investing in yourself. Yes. So I find real estate investors are very forward thinking from that perspective. It's funny and no disrespect to any realtors listening. But I find realtors are just a little bit different unless they're real estate investor focused. Realtors. But, you know, I find real estate investors are willing to invest in themselves. So they don't mind the idea of paying for services that are going to help yeah. them improve. Yeah. And I think the other thing is, which really strikes me, I don't see it in a ton of industries, is real estate investors, whilst, there are, whilst you do have competition, I never find real estate investors really look at it that way. They really look at collaboration. They really do look at lifting each other up versus in a lot of industries, people are trying to push other people down. Yeah. So I find it, I find it very positive from that perspective. It certainly opened my eyes. So I, uh, my partner and I, uh, my partner has a cottage. So I'm now learning the whole thing around Airbnb over the last couple of years, which has been a whole learning curve in itself. We're also looking at. Uh, an extra piece of land next to uh, their properties. So we're, we're thinking about doing an infill development, uh, which might be Ooh. actually, the, it might actually be the retirement uh, location for us and, and nice. sell off the, the bigger property. So it's, it, it certainly opened my eyes a lot more. I never realized there were so many different strategies, so many different ways of doing real estate. Um, so I, yeah, I, I, I like your perspective on the real estate investors because it's, it's true that those who do work on themselves, I, I, from experience, Personally, when I grew personally, my business grew as well. It kind of goes hand right. in hand. And you don't get that with potentially those 
oh, nine to five, eh, nothing wrong with nine to five, but those who just kind of go to the job and come back and that's it. So we need to right. grow, like growing individually grows the business as well. So that, I think that's amazing. And you're doing, you said you're doing some Airbnb a bit. You're telling yeah. me about that. That's pretty cool. We're just going to take a quick break from the show. Are you tired of the hassle of managing your own short-term vacation rental property? Look no further than Travelux, your full-service, hands-off vacation rental management solution. At Travelux, we take care of everything, so you can sit back, relax, and watch your investment thrive. Our team of experts handles everything from guest communications, listing optimization, to cleaning, maintenance, and more, ensuring your property is always in top-notch condition and attracting new bookings. Travelux has made owning our vacation rental a stress-free experience, especially since we live out of country and only visit the property a few times each year. Join our satisfied homeowners and investors who trust Travelux to maximize their rental income and provide them peace of mind. Travelux currently operates in numerous cities throughout Ontario, Alberta, Nova Scotia, and British Columbia, managing over 55 premium and luxury properties. Get started today with a free potential revenue report to see how your property may perform as a vacation rental. To claim this free offer, visit travelux.ca. That's T-R-A-V-E-L-L-U-X-E dot C-A. Or call 289-273-3822. Travelux, your partner in stress-free vacation rental management. And now, back to the episode. So it's a cottage up on Lake Huron. Um, so yeah, just trying to follow, you know, it, it, Airbnb as a company fascinates me as well from a real estate inspective perspective, but also from marketing, you know, when you think about the whole story behind it and, you know, it's basically three guys sleeping on an air mattress <laughs> in somebody's house. That's where it all starts. That's where the air comes from of Airbnb, which is, I think it's an amazing story. Isn't it all about the stories? Like people don't remember about the day, but they remember the stories. And if it's one of those like deep stories of, of rags to riches, people love that right. type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Total, I totally agree. Yeah. But, and from a branding marketing perspective, people will, will resonate with stories yes. because we've all grown up with stories. So, all the stories. So, so are there stories that you, you help create with uh, the real estate investors to, to, for the brand? Are there like five stories you tell them or three stories? You say, these are the stories to know when speaking with others. Yeah. I, I, you know, there's usually a why behind why people are mm -hmm. doing what they're doing. You know, why is it they're helping other real estate investors yeah. or why is it, you know, a good example, I do quite a bit of work in the rent to own space. Okay. So with clients in the rent to own, and you think about rent to own, there's a social conscience element to that. If you talk to a lot of rent to own operators, they're in it because yes, they're in it because it's real estate investing, but they're also in it because they're helping families actually own a home. And it's interesting that now rent to own is, you know, it's on the federal radar now as a potentially, I don't think the government's the right people to go run it, but that's a whole different yeah, a whole different subject. And, and it reflect, relate, reflects back to their own values. Like I do, I think it's home ownership is, is I value home ownership for myself, but others as well. So I think that's right. a great perspective on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what, what, what else do you do work on? Like what, what else do you? Yeah. So, so the main things that, that we tend to focus on, and this might be useful to the people listening, yeah. is when I, when I speak to real estate investors, 
one of the key areas that I find is completely under underserved by themselves and, and they haven't really done much with it is an email list. I mean, we all focus uh, on, we all focus on, yes. you know, I need a great Instagram profile or I need, <laughs> you know, I need a viral video on YouTube and actually, you know, all those are great. And, but an email list is the yeah. only marketing yeah. asset you 100% own yeah. and, and you can take that with you wherever you go. And so like, overlooked. And, and, so overlooked. And, and also another thing is often overlooked in marketing. I find it's just picking up the phone and just saying, hello, how are you? <laughs> People are like, what? Hello. And you're, who's calling? They got thrown off by hearing another person's voice. Cause it's so uncommon now. Cause I, I mean, I was like in the nineties, it was very common to have cold calling and I'm sure there, there's cold calling, but if you cold call a lead, which you know, you've met before. It's, There's a lot more connection, I find, with just a voice. Yeah, I think the only people that probably really push the c true cold call are probably the wholesalers. Yeah. Yeah, the ca cash for house yeah. type people. They seem to, yeah. particularly down, more so down in the US, I think. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I, really I like do. meeting people. I like meeting people in, 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 a, in a, like a social group or like a real estate investment club and then getting their card or their number and actually calling them and then calling them again and getting a connection. If there's a much deeper connection on that, it's really pleasant. Yeah, but pleasant and, and effective as well. Yeah, I totally agree. So yeah, email list and mm. just sending out some kind of regular email communication. And again, it doesn't need to be promoting something. It doesn't need to be pushing, you know, invest with me or whatever. It, yeah. Again, it goes back to story, get people to know, like, trust you, you know, the classic. Mm -hmm. Dale Carnegie, and then people will want to do business with you because they've got to know, like, and trust you. But uh, the, the best analogy I've heard when somebody was comparing kind of a website, which again is your own domain and, and you own that uh, versus social media was Michael Hyatt. And he describes your website is like your home country, but social media are your embassies. So you <laughs> well, they give. They give people a flavor for your country, but ideally you want to bring people back to the home country. Because if you can get them back to your website, then you collect their email address, then you can continue to converse with them. You know, Facebook could change the rules tomorrow and you yeah. lose. LinkedIn did it a number of years ago and you're no longer allowed to download your connections. You can download the name. Oh, you can, yeah, yeah. could download the names and the cities, but you can't download emails. Wow. So... Now, Why did they change that? It went, well, went. because people were abusing it. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that was years ago that they did it. They did it pretty quietly. But yeah, if you try and download your list, it's not, not a possible. list. Do you, do, oh, you you prefer, could, do you prefer Facebook or LinkedIn? What's your, or Instagram? I, I, What's your... I tend to spend more time on LinkedIn. And that's, again, a part of it's a personal preference. I was reading some interesting stats just this morning about LinkedIn, which... Again, I think it's a big opportunity for real estate investors. Mm -hmm. Only the top 1% of LinkedIn users, so nine, there's 900 million people on LinkedIn, only the top 1%, you're in the top 1% if you post once a month. What? Whoa. Yes. What? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> once it's a month? Once a month. And then I forget what the next two figures were, but I mean, eight, basically 85% of people on LinkedIn, what, what I would call lurkers. So they're there and they read stuff and they look at stuff, but they don't engage. They don't click on likes. They don't comment. 
nothing. 85%. So who gets more traffic, Facebook or LinkedIn? Oh, Facebook for sure. Yeah. Okay. But the, the clientele or the people that are on LinkedIn, more professional, more serious, what they're all. Yeah. I, I, I forget what the percentages are, but by far it's from a social media platform, people with six figures and above in income are on, are on LinkedIn. I have, you know, I have a number of clients that we spend time targeting professional people within LinkedIn. So for example, there's a real estate investor I did some work with out from out West and they came from the oil industry. Okay. So, and they'd worked for Suncor and a couple of other oil companies. So the beauty of LinkedIn is you can just go straight into LinkedIn, go to Suncor and see all the past, anybody that's got Suncor on their resume or on their LinkedIn profile, whether they work there or not, you've immediately got a connection. You've got something in, co you've got something in common. Oh, I see. And you can break it down to looking at people like alumni as well. Alumni on LinkedIn is a gold mine. You know, I come, I, I, like a university alumni. <laughs> Yeah, I come from the UK and there's very much less emphasis in the UK about which university you went to, unless you're Oxford and Cambridge. But, <laughs> okay, but, really? They, but here, it's a big thing. I had a, I remember years ago, I had a recruitment client that would only hire people from Laurier and <laughs> no other university. Laurier? Just, I mean, it's not the university, but yeah, I mean, it's not McGill, it's not Queens. Right, yeah. right. But only from the business, business degrees, Laurier. That was it. Would not look at anybody else. Wow. Could, could not make them look at anybody else. But if you go into LinkedIn, you can search in alumni for as much as you like with a free account. You don't need to have, you can do as many searches as you want. And you can break it down by the university you went to, then by the years you were there. And then you can see which companies they work for, yeah. what their job level is. So you can break it right. And this is what we did with this person in, in Calgary was we went all the way down to worked, you know, working in the oil industry in a mid to senior level position. And you know, they've got RSPs, you know, of they've course. got invest, investment money. Oh yeah. And then you're, but then you're immediately reaching out and say, Hey, I see we went to school at the same time. Do you remember professor? <laughs> I sat in your English class. Remember, it's right behind you. Right. Yeah. But. But you've immediately got a, a connection. So you've broken that barrier down a little bit. So and you, then you it's may it, not have their email, but you can correspond with them. Messaging. Yeah, just messaging. Like, potentially. Messaging and how effective is the messaging? I mean, most, you know, I get a few. Sometimes I respond. Sometimes I don't. Depends on I'd, how it's. I would say, I'd say we'd probably get a 7 to 15% response, like positive Pretty response, good. you know, yeah, that yeah. Starts, starts a conversation. Yeah. And then it's a case of, Sharing a few things, you know, so, some investors I've worked with, we targeted by location because they want to work with people within their geographical space. So then you can make it more about, oh, what's your favorite restaurant? You know, have you tried this? Have you tried the new Thai restaurant on such and such? Yeah, yeah. And again, you're starting up conversation, breaking down barriers and then leading to, at some point, they're either going to ask you or you can ask them. If there was something like this, would you, would it be of interest to you? And you don't send them anything. You just ask if you ask permission. I think that's amazing. I think this is the best way. It's so much more relaxed rather than upfront and aggressive. And no one likes the aggressive side of things. There's, 
it, it turns a lot of people off. They're like, forget it. I'm like, not. But if it's done, uh, the other way I like is, would you know anyone? Would you know anyone who would be interested in right. uh, investing or would like right. to have a 10% return on their investments? And right, exactly. the vast majority think of themselves first, which is, right. which is human being. It's just, we're selfish in a way. And I love it that way. And uh, it, wor- it's been, it works very effectively. Yeah. Thought, do you know anyone in that situation? So it worked out well. What other phrases do you use or what other tactics do you use with your clients? So the other thing that I'm getting more involved in now and will be in more so in the future, yeah, I think, and the, and the kind of story behind it or the reasoning behind it is I'm getting older. <laughs> I may look young. But We're uh, all the same bottom. <laughs> For all no, the same. No, nobody's, getting, nobody's getting any younger. That's not, and I, I want to be able to, you know, do more traveling, you know, that kind of thing. I probably won't, I can't see myself stop working completely, but I'd like to have some kind of business operating continues to operate whilst I'm away, or I can do much more remotely. So I had the opportunity to earlier this year, travel to New Zealand and awesome. it, kind of re- it kind of really underlined for me when you're that far away and the time difference. So you've got to have working at night. Like how did that work? Where's the time? Well, you got, you got to have, a, it's about 18 hours, so it's not too bad. Yeah. So it's workable, but it's, you know, you need systems in place and you need support. Otherwise sure things could fall apart pretty quickly. So what I'm doing, I'm spending more time with people on podcasts. So either people having their own podcasts or looking to guest on other podcasts uh, and then rolling that out into a bigger kind of podcast production company. So I'm currently working with seven different podcasts. So the idea is seven podcasts and then grow that bigger, start a podcast network, which we could then go to larger Sponsors. Okay. Oh, yes, yes. Larger sponsors and say, mm. you know, somebody like Royal Bank, you know, we've got 20 podcasts with X thousand downloads per month. Would you be interested in advertising across the network? And then go back that's to the hosts and say, cool. so that's the goal. That's pretty cool. And, and, and working remotely, that's in my books as well. I definitely will see myself remotely and, and just be able to, the world, thanks to the internet, is much more smaller. And we haven't actually, Utilized. I don't think most people actually have taken full advantage of that capability of being able to work remotely. I know a few people from, from my hand, uh, yeah. you know, I can count that do it. And it's amazing. Different lifestyle completely. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's quite some good stuff. Tell me more about the network. Uh, how, how do you get the, 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 the podcast of that's of interest for, yes. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So, so the, the whole idea is, you know, if, if you have a location where you can direct people and say, well, here's Renee's podcast. Oh, and by the way, you know, here's so-and-so's and so's, which is also on real estate. So, I mean, the idea is a real estate network. It's not a wider network than that, but to have that opportunity so that you have an exposure to potentially getting new listeners. And, but then obviously also the other thing is the sponsorship piece. So that might be of interest to a, you know, a mortgage broker to have the opportunity to advertise on 10 real estate investor podcasts, or, you know, if they've got a particular product to launch or a book to launch or something like that, getting to a wide audience, they've only got to make one connection, me, and then we make the connections to the host. It, it will still be up to the host, whether they're interested, because I, you know, I do have some uh, clients with podcasts that have their own sponsorship and they may not be interested in having it, or it may not be a product that they want to promote, or they already have an arrangement with a finance person and therefore they don't want to advertise other finance people, but you know, that, that's the idea. I've heard some podcasts and, and it just takes 
one, just one product, one sponsor. It's not like they have, they need to have numerous, uh, this podcast I have in mind that it's like, they kind of repeat the same thing over and over the same product. And I'm not ready to, to buy, but I know the product you well, it's a good content podcast. It's, it, yeah, it's brilliantly done. So that sounds really good. That sounds awesome. I think uh, what you're doing is, is quite well. So, so what, what about, how do you see? You spoke about a bit more about the future. Tell us about how. Yes. So I have a, a podcast production team in place already. So, so I have somebody that does, you know, a lot of the back end. Yeah. I have a, t- a team that does the back end and then I'm kind of overseeing it. So for me, you know, if I'm going to be sitting in Vietnam, for example, you know, it, it, it might involve me checking in for an hour a day or. So these are virtual assistants. Yeah. Yes. They're all. Yeah. Yeah, they're all virtual assistants. Yeah, I, I kind of kick myself if, if you want the third tip that I'm going to give people yes, today. Yes, yes, please, the third tip. Hire a, hire a V8 before you need one. Yeah. I, I wish I'd done it ages ago. So I now have three full-time VAs and then two kind of who are special project type ones that I hire specific, for specific projects. So a V, they're, they're from the Philippines, I imagine. Yes, yeah. And when you say full time, so you basically pay them by the month. Yeah, pay them by the month, 40 hours yeah. a week. 40 hours a week. That's amazing. Yeah. Right. yeah. And, they, and, and, and the beauty is they work my hours. Yeah. So when you're working, they're working as well. Yeah. And it's, is it 12 hour difference? Yeah. Like, so uh, it's nine yeah, o'clock yeah. in the morning. It's nine o'clock at night for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. And, you know, they're most Philippine, Philippines, are, they went to university, they've all got yeah. degrees. They're American curriculum type, American curriculum universities. So their English is usually pretty good. You know, the only thing is they will, you know, when I find something goes wrong with a project or something, I'll look back at my instructions. Eight, eight, nine times out of 10, it's the way I wrote it. And then I think, oh oh, yeah, I guess I could interpret it that way. Yeah, yeah. You think you're being clear. Yeah. But they take it to the letter. They take it to the letter. But if you can find good ones, They'll even think beyond that, which that's amazing. So yes. you provide instructions, like step-by-step instructions. Yeah. It's through video. video, just video, through video that's, yourself. Yeah. That's amazing. That's where do you find these VAs? So I, my last two VAs I found on onlinejobs.pa. Yeah. That's the one I use as well. Yeah. That's a great, it's a great great because it's direct. Right. It's yes. There's a slew of individuals and they, they show them they're, they're, it's like you pick and choose. It's you see their whole resume, what they want, full time, part time, where they're at, and they're. I was quite impressed by the response rate as well, and they love videos. They'll re, they'll reply with a video. Yeah. So they, what I did as well, which I, I kind of took from my recruitment days, is I didn't write a typical job description. I did I did put a job posting, but the instructions were: do not send a resume. Do not send me your portfolio. Tell me why you would want this job and what it is you think you bring to this job that nobody else is going to bring or something to that. That's good. That's good. That's good. So I had the last job I posted, I had 65, 70 responses. I'm going to say I rejected 55 straight away because they all sent resumes or they sent portfolios. They didn't listen. So they don't follow instructions. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to, to have a good VA, you need them to follow 
clear instructions. And it was very clear. And, and a couple of them came back at me because I, I, the that was easy because that way that eliminates it. That saves you a lot of time. They don't follow yeah, I mean, just push them off to the side. Yeah. I'm, my, from my recruitment days, I always responded to candidates I rejected. So I always told them they were being rejected. So I didn't, and I, I often would tell them why. So I did that with the, the VAs. I sent them an email and said, thanks very much. Unfortunately, you didn't follow instructions. So I'm not taking any further. I had a few come back at me, which I thought, yeah. okay, well, I'll make a note of that. Maybe they <laughs> they might be worth a second look at some point. But but then the te- the ten I had were all great candidates. I probably could have hired all ten. No. So so just hiring a virtual assistant that in itself is a skill because I you know speaking with you, you know what you're doing a few right. people that you know you hear about it all the time. You go, yeah, hire VA, but. I've made a lot of mistakes along the way to kind of figure out how to actually how to do it. That itself right. can be, it's a skill that can be taught to others as well. Do you yeah, share I, that? Do you share those skills? I, I, I mean, I'd be happy if somebody emailed me, I'd be happy just to send them what I put together. Because the other thing I do is then I pay them to do a project. So the shortlist, the, you know, the ones I'm interested in, I will actually hire them for an hour or two hours. And I would send them money, send them the money ahead of time. Okay. Oh, so, so rather than so being a commitment of some sort, like commitment of like three months, you usually say, well, it's going to a trial of some sort. So I've got a, here's a project and I've, I've created a project. Now, part of it is uh, reading something that has errors in it and seeing if they spot the errors and then giving them a couple of other tasks. So these are real projects or test projects? Yeah, it's a kind of test projects. They're not real ones that are going to be for my clients, but it's enough for me to know, you know, do they follow instructions again? Do they spot mistakes? Do they turn it around quickly? You know, all the things, all the things. So the interesting one, two, two of them took the money and disappeared. Never never (laughs) said, but that's great. It's, it's, we're talking about five, eight bucks. Like it's, what was, how much was it? It was, it was minimum. Yeah, 10 bucks, 10 bucks, 15 bucks. So I'm not. Yeah, much much better I learn now <laughs> than hire somebody for three months. And, yeah. So, so what, what about trust? Yeah, trust is a big one. So what about, how is it you pay them? And also when you say you're working, they're working, do you see them working or do you, how do you contact, how do you correspond? Yeah, I'd, yeah, I don't do the, I mean, I know some people that have the software, you know, to know when they're on computers and yeah, you know, when they're online and that kind of, I, I don't do to that depth. I use a project management tool called Basecamp. Basecamp. So it's an it, online project management tool. It's fantastic. You can set up to-dos. You can set up everything. It has almost, not unlimited, because I, but you can upload a lot of stuff in there without it going above to the next level. And so, you know, we have instant messaging inside that as well. So it, it captures everything. So I don't need Slack over here and this over there and that over there. It's all within one tool. Uh, and then I have WhatsApp. So WhatsApp is for emergencies. Yeah. So, you know, and I do lay it out, you know, if you're going to be off sick, I need to know X hours before you start, you know, those kind of things. If you don't respond, you know, I had a guest on my podcast a while back and he has one of his rules is if, you know, if you don't respond on WhatsApp within four hours, if I'm paying, you know, during your work hours, you know, maybe it wasn't even four hours, it might be an hour. Then you know that would be it. Keep going. So I mean, he was very clear, very. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's but, that's good. That's good. 
so yeah, I, so that's, you know, and I find them hardworking. I, I find them willing to do yeah. the work and what about paying them? How do you pay them? I, I pay them direct through wise. Yeah. I think okay. it's, I think it's wise. On, it's, it's, on it's, it's linked with the online jobs. PAs, isn't it? Yeah, you can do it through their website. I just okay. do it directly, and I pay my team in advance, a month in advance. So I can oh. pay them on the first. I pay them on the first of the month for the month coming. Wow! So that's amazing. Well, yeah, the, the, the online jobs PH has also got some good suggestions around because there are a lot of things in in the Philippines like there's you know, similar to social security that that kind of thing, and very often VAs are not contributing to that. Yeah. You know, so if they're off sick long term or if they're maternity or something yeah. like that, they're reaching into their own pockets. So I know the guy that runs online.ph recommends you actually, if you've got good people, then you pay their. Yeah. Because your social security is like, if you've got a full time worker, it's like 20 bucks a month. Okay. So it's, yeah, it's, it's reasonable. It's, it's, reasonable. A, it's a real, it's a real benefit to them yeah. and it's very little cost to use. I was also told that during Christmas time, they, yeah. they like the Christmas bonus. Well, tech, yeah, technically in the Philippines, you should pay them the 13th month. You should pay them the oh. full month. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I've heard that. So, so basically for Christmas time, you're paying them an extra month. And extra it's, month. It's, it's like the norm, it seems. Yeah. Yeah, that is the norm. Yeah. Uh, so this is good stuff. And you've got four of them. Yeah, three full-time full and two others that do project as this, needed. This is with, for your business as well as your podcast. Yeah. And then I've got one, two, three, clients, three, four clients have VAs themselves. So that's, you know, that's something I, it actually, I think it was Sarah that had a VA even before I did. And I saw the benefit of it and I thought, okay, I've got to, I've got to get into this. This is, um, this is very well put together because so many people talk about it, but two people actually do it. And you're like, you know, this inside and out. So you can easily help people out if this is their interest as well. Yeah. So yeah. There's a couple of clients I've helped actually hire the VAs. I've done the recruitment process for them because it just made sense. So it comes naturally to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So, so Paul, where do people find you? Okay. Well, the best way, very easy, Paul Copcut, C-O-P-C-U-T-T.com. Reach out on the website or, you know, at Paul Copcut on... I think I've got pretty much every social media handle that is at Paul Copco. So Great. There's and not I, many of us. No, it's a, quite a unique name. And and one question would be like, what book are you reading at the moment? Something that something that's changing your way of thinking at the moment. You find very yeah, I did. That you can share others. Yeah, thank you for asking because I did mention it earlier. So there's two if two books, if I may. Two books for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's that one. Profit Profits first. first. Mike McCallowitz. Okay. Uh, that well, is. What, a, why that one? Why, why, that which, totally changed my business. Totally. So every year, at, come March, I would be sweating because taxes were due. Oh. And I was terrible bookkeeper and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> April is the cruelest month, like PSLA just said. <laughs> so in the last, since I read that book, all my taxes are paid, prepaid. I've never had to reach in, never had to reach in my pocket for extra money for taxes. So that's HST, that's personal tax. Plus I put aside 10% of gross for profit. So you read the book and just followed it to the T. 
Yeah. If you remember, I, I don't know if you ever had it, but you know, our grandparents probably, yeah. or great grandparents for sure, had jars. Yes. And granddad would come home with his paycheck on a Thursday or a Friday, and grandma would split the money in the yeah. jars. And one was for clothing, and one was for heat, and one was for rent. And that's basically Mike McCallum's thing. So, but the first thing he says is you take the profit first. Mm. So you take, I mean, initially you may not be able to do 10%. I started with 1%. And I've built it up and now I'm actually at 15%. So, so you take 15%, every check comes in, 15% goes into savings straight away. I don't touch it. And that's either fun money or investment money or whatever you want to do with it. But that's. Would you say you're disciplined as an individual or anyone can do this? Anyone can do this. And and actually if, if people are interested, there is a profit first for real estate investors. No way. <laughs> Written by a guy called uh, David Richter, which I'd also recommend. But then you do that 15%, and then everything else, so 13%, goes straight to tax for HST. And then whatever it is for personal tax, and then whatever's left is what you have left to run your business. Whereas all of us previously, or most people, maybe most people listening, you yeah. start with the big figure first, oh, yeah. and then figure out at the end, how much have I got left? Oh, it's yeah. It's the other. It's totally transformed my business. So that's the first one. And then more recently, I just finished, well, earlier this year when it came out, I think it was this year, maybe last year, Buy Back Your Time by Dan Martell. Oh, good one. And if people are thinking VAs or, I followed his recommendation about, it was, yeah, probably six months ago was when I read it. And I thought I needed to replace me. I thought I needed another me. Because I was getting overwhelmed with, you know, demands and work. Of course. And then I read that book. He said, no, that's not what you need. What you need is an executive assistant. So one of my VAs is, is an executive assistant. So she triages all my email. And he has a chapter in the book, uh, email GPS. And it's gold. It's gold. So I, I see maybe five emails a day. And then I meet my VA every morning. That's the first thing we do. And she says, okay, came in this, what came in yesterday. I'm not sure what to do with this one. Or these came in, I'm going to do this and this. And go, yeah. And then once she's learned that, yeah. now I don't even, I don't even check. That's so amazing. I, that I, would so say, cool. I would say 65, 65% of emails I don't even see, touch, agree on. She just doesn't. That's amazing. That's yeah. this, you brought up to a whole new level. What else does she do for you? So she, she does do some of the work on the, on the podcast side of things. She books all my Zoom calls. She does, you know, it's, it, I literally just, yeah, anything that needs to be done. And she, she's a whiz with, you know, Google Sheets and putting together, you know, doing research. She does, you know, all, for all my podcasts, she sets up the questions. She books the guests. She does the research on the guests, gives me the background. Nice. I just go, so exactly as, as Dan Martell recommends, and I just go into my calendar. I have the appointment. Yeah. Next, next to the appointment are her notes. I just open those up, and there's the notes and stuff. Brilliant! I love that. I love that. All right. So, where where can people find you, Paul? PaulCopcup.com. So awesome. C O P C U W T. Awesome. This has been a pleasure talking with you. I like I, when I met you six years ago. You were a good guy. You're still a good guy. I just thank you for reaching out, taking the time for this. Hopefully, we'll Welcome. see each other face to face sometime. And uh, always a pleasure talking with you. Thank you. Paul. Thank you, Renee.
Have okay. a great day. Thanks. Bye. Well, was that brandtastic? Did it give you some ideas and actions that you can take right now to build your business? So get to it. Thank you for listening and have a brandtastic day.